Our communion meditation is from 1 Samuel. I'd begun a series long, long ago, and I'll resume it now. It is uh, 1 Samuel, starting in chapter 1. And so let's, uh, let's stand, and I'll begin reading at verse 26. And Hannah said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the many people that you've had to live out these such that we can experience them and learn from them. We give you thanks in Christ's name. Amen. This series began in December and we had four messages, but the last one was in January. So I will summarize, and it shouldn't take too long. The first message was the first seven verses of the book. The title was, Hannah is Miserable. And this woman, Hannah, was, I believe, the first wife of Elkanah. And he then married Penina, in part because Hannah was not having children. And this then... Uh, allowed Hannah to be tormented by Penina because Penina began having children while Hannah still did not. But Hannah goes up to Shiloh to the feast and she is praying before the Lord and she is mumbling and Eli, the high priest, thinks that she's drunk. He confronts her and yet she pours her heart out, her anguish out to him and he asks that God fulfill her uh, request. And so she returns home to Ramah from my story earlier in the introduction, this is where she and her husband Elkanah live, and she conceives. Now she has dedicated this child as a Nazarite from the womb to the Lord for as long as the Lord wants him, which turned out his whole life. And that was God answers prayer. And yet she had gone away from that initial interaction with Eli comforted. I believe if she had not even had a son after that, that she would not have been as anxious as she had been because she'd finally just given it all over to God. And yet it's then, when she was at the end of herself, that God gave her what she wanted most. Then her husband was concerned, now Hannah has what she wants, and yet she'd promised this child to the Lord. Would she fulfill her vow? I believe Elkanah was a little worried about this, and yet there was nothing to worry about. She fulfilled her vow. She took Samuel up there when she weaned him, and he then entered into uh, the house of the Lord from probably age three or thereabouts. So that brings us up to our text. Our text today is verse one of chapter two, and there are four statements. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Like I said, Elkanah, her husband, was concerned that Hannah would not give Samuel up when the time came. Yet, 
Now, at the time that she's given him up, she prays this prayer. Notice, notice this. It is when she gives Samuel up that she prays this prayer. So now she is filled not with sadness, but with joy, with a tremendous contentment. Until this moment, Elkanah may have believed it was due to having Samuel in her arms. That was his fear. But no, there's more to Hannah than this. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Horn here is synonymous with strength. So Hannah is saying that my strength is exalted in the Lord. I believe Hannah feels invincible now. She is walking with God. Her God has blessed her in this way. She's given this child up as she'd promised. And yet she feels nothing but contentment and joy at this. She's not returning home empty. She's returning home full, even though she doesn't have her baby son with her. Think about that. You women, think about that. You have a three-year-old and you're giving him up and yet you feel so contented. This was the desire of your heart and yet you're giving him over to the Lord. The third statement, I smile at my enemies. Though Hannah had just given Samuel over to God, she's joyful. She can now go back into her home with Penina without any children of her own. Perhaps for nevermore will she have any children of her own. And yet she can smile in the face of the adversity that her rival brings her. And again, it's not because she has this baby with her. It's despite not having the baby with her. So now, finally, after these three statements, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because. So now we get to the reason. Because I rejoice in your salvation. She's speaking to the Lord. This is a prayer. I rejoice in your salvation. So see, it's not because she's had a son that she has this great contentment now, that she feels this invincibility before her enemy. It's because she knows God. God knows her. God has saved her. She has this great contentment. Now, I think I might have shared this last time when we were uh, going through the knowing God's study in there, um, one of the most remarkable little stories in here, and it's funny because it's a funny little story in J.I. Packer's life, and he's introduced it as a funny little story in my life. But the very first sentence in chapter 2, the chapter entitled, The People Who Know Their God, says this, I walked in the sunshine with a scholar who had effectively forfeited his prospects of academic advancement by clashing with church dignitaries over the gospel of grace. And now this is this man, this defrocked academic speaking. But it doesn't matter, he said at length, for I've known God, and they haven't. Hannah desperately wanted a son, and God gave her one. And yet she gave him back to the Lord. It was her treasure. Sam was 
her greatest treasure on earth. So would you willingly give up your greatest treasure on earth that you've sought for all of your life and then feel joyful and content. See, that's the remarkable thing. We can all sacrifice. We can all give up stuff. But will you feel that joy and contentment that Hannah felt? Many of us have reservations. We give something away, and as soon as it's going away, we think, oh no, what have I done? We have this gift-giver's remorse. Hannah did not, not at all. Even though her little three-year-old is left back there in Shiloh with this man. No, she was with the Lord. She knew the Lord. This filled her. You will experience this same thing. If you give over to God what you most love, if you have faith, if you know he loves you, if you know that what he's doing is best for you. So God gave his best to us in Christ. That's what we commemorate at this table. God did not give us a gift that had value. He gave us a gift that had infinite value. It could not be measured. We ought to want to do the same. And if we examine our heart and see that we are stingy with anything, with who we are, with God or with others, frankly, then we ought to realize that we don't love like God loves. But that's what we're called to do. So let's pray that as we come to this table, that we would love as God loves, that we would give ourselves fully to the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for this love that is portrayed over and over again in the Scripture, if only we would open our eyes and see it, if only we would recognize your great love in the many stories of the Bible. Father, these are not here to entertain us, though they do, and though they can. And yet, Father, they are here to educate us. They're here to draw our hearts into your throne room and want to remain there, even if we have to sacrifice all that we came in with. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you have died for us to draw us into your presence. And we pray now, Lord, that as we come forward for communion, that we would revel in this truth. We give you thanks for who you are and for what you have done. In Christ's name, amen.